Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. Is Russell Wilson indirectly being set up to fail? Oh, I'm seriously asking the question um, with not um, any sort of agenda behind it, but just wanting to talk through uh, what the expectations for Russ are and then the dynamics surrounding Russ and whether some of those same uh, expectations are, are fair. What's on the line for Russ this year? Uh, uh, pretty much everything, you know. I mean, it could be the Hall of Fame, mm. uh, you know. Wow. I mean, like, you got a lot. His his, If he wants to play football in 2024, if he wants to be a starter in the NFL, if he wants to be the plan in the NFL, all of that. If he has another awful year, who, whose plan is he going to be? Moving forward, like no man, you can take a backup role, and then what does that do to everything else that he's done? When you look at you know going to the Hall of Fame, all that other stuff, but that's kind of secondary right now. But you know, a guy was talking about playing to his mid forties a year ago, and he might be a backup, you know, two years later. Yeah, and, and no one's plan moving forward. So like everything is on the line, um, and and you know at, at the fall. Like if you look at like where he was, yeah, and and two years later, it could be all gone. That's just really, really. Um, I don't. Know. I mean, it's not historic, but just remarkable that it could come to that after what he had done the previous ten years. But yeah, that's, I think that's where he's at. I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to hype anything up. No, no. Right. I mean, no. everything's on the line. Everything is on the line for Russell Wilson. Um, his NFL, you know, career, future uh, as a starting quarterback, certainly, but all that other stuff also, how do you view it? And, and, well, I think you're spot on, and I don't think you're over-sensationalizing it at all, like even a little bit. And you, you know you know what's on the line for him, and you kind of hinted at it with the Hall of Fame stuff, um, but his legacy, his legacy is on the line. And no one cares about his legacy more than Russell Wilson. It was this time last year he's doing a commencement speech, and that was the entire theme of it. It's, you know, legacy, leaving your legacy. He is so hyper-aware of his standing uh, in the sport. But can we think of another Super Bowl-winning quarterback who was on a Hall of Fame track that fell on these hard of times? I mean, I think of, like, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl and had a great run, and then he was kind of relegated to, uh, uh, you know, being no one's plan, kind of bopping around, then a backup role. Right. Um, maybe Kurt Warner is one at one point in time who was, you know, the, the quarterback in the greatest show on turf and then was, you know, backing up Eli Manning. But then went to Arizona and played great. So he, he had that bounce back, right, when it looked like, oh, this guy's done. Nope, not so fast. So he really bounced back. Joe Flacco, um, you know, he didn't go to two Super Bowls. He went to one and won it. Um, and then uh, I, didn't force his way out of Baltimore. No, you know, they kind of forced him out. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a, a little bit different circumstances. And Joe was more reserved and quiet. Yes. Russ is about that brand, right? And, and he wants to be out in front of everything. So when you put yourself out there and you fall the way that he followed last year, people are going to come after you. And then you didn't have former teammates 
coming after Russ. And, I mean, coming after Joe. Right. Flacco, right. And, and attacking him that way. So I think it's a little bit different, obviously, when it comes to that stuff. So Yeah, this is unique. You said you yeah. said it's historic. Then you're like, no, it's not historic. But it's a, I think it's historic. Yeah. I really I do. I, I can't, can't think of another example quite like Russ. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. There's so much on the line for Russ this year. And he's expected to play well or he will lose his job in Denver. And, you know, what I want to know is if this is actually fair. Like, I, I, you know, I get told I'm neg- – I was listening to the morning show, and I listened to Mike and Mark. Just kill me this morning. Just kill what? me. Kill me. Kill me. Saying what? Well, one, I'm the cause of the Broncos' downfall because when I came into town, yeah. that's where the downfall started. And that's that's fair. Hey, that's fair. L- let, me, let me tell you this. You relay this message to those two goobers. Only I can kill you. Okay? They don't want to start any more beef. We already put them in check a week or two ago. We did. They don't want to start any more beef with us, okay? Only I can kill you. And that's it. So they need to watch their mouth and stay in your lane, Jabroni. Stay in your lane. Um, no, well, so they were having some fun with me, and it was funny. But, but, but uh, you know, Mike said, he goes, uh, hey, I got to tell you, you know, Zach, he's, he's – when he talks about the Broncos, he's uh, he's turned grouchy when he talks about the Broncos. And I'm going, yeah, Mike, it's almost as if I'm on the air during the worst stretch of the history of Bronco NFL football. How do you want it? How, if, if we're going to be real, yeah, there's going to be times where we're going to sound a little bit grouchy. Yeah. Because even amidst the worst stretch of NFL football we've ever seen, last year was the most disappointing. And, and, and you know, it's the same quarterback coming back and then not lighting the, lighting the world on fire in preseason. So, um, look, we just try to be fair. But now now I'm going to double back and, 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 and do the checks and balances. Like, are we being fair to Russ when it comes to expectations, given some natural factors around Russ that we don't like very much right now? Let me ask you a question. How would you describe the current state of the Broncos' offensive line? Concerning. Concerning. Very concerning. Yeah. I think that's uh, a, I think it's a good way to put it. We're not telling you who they're going to be, but right now it's a right. little bit concerning. Yeah. Hope, hoping that uh, it looks better than what we've seen. And it can. So I, I think concerning is, is the right word here. They're, like, I'm not going to you know predict that they're going to be awful. No, and, no. But no, I think no. it's just very concerning right now with what we've seen. And what we expected, you know, when you when you raise the bar up, kind of like last year with Russ, and then all of a sudden you're watching like, whoa, wait, man, that's Ben Powers? You know, that's, that's McGlinchey? That's the guy we guaranteed $50 million to? Then, um, you know, it's, it's got to be concerning. And speaking of that, Mike McGlinchey spoke yesterday, and I'm going to play a clip from him for you right now. We haven't heard a lot from McGlinchey. No. Um, but this is him up at the podium talking about the offensive line setting the tone. And make sure you listen very closely uh, down the back stretch of this piece of audio. Check this out. We talk about it all the time. I don't think there's – I think any football team and any good football organization will tell you that uh, the attitude and the mindset of the team, you know, emulates from the offensive line. And, and having an offensive line that sets the tone – for this organization and for this football team is certainly something that we're working for and certainly something that we want. Um, and I think we're taking the right steps to get there. Um, I think playing offensive line, is, you know, there's like a little bit of a badge of honor in that regard. We're not exactly the most popular guys out on the field, but we certainly feel like we're some of the most important. And, um, and that attitude and the unit that we have and the ability that we think that we can play to um, is something that we certainly want and that we certainly feel. And I think, you know, I, 
I hope to God the rest of the teams felt it during training camp because I feel as though we've looked pretty good. I, I hope the rest of the team has felt like uh, what we have felt because we, we, we think that it's pretty good. It hasn't been pretty good. It's been awful. I don't know what he's been watching. He hadn't been out there, so but it's, I mean, it's been awful. That's what it's been. I mean, like, I don't think anyone can say it's been pretty good. No, even other offensive linemen who are, like, acutely aware of, like, you know, the, the Schlereths, the Orlandos, they're, like, have said, like, to all varying degrees of, like, this has some work to do. You don't have to have an offensive lineman Ph.D. to watch what we watched during during the preseason games. That's when it matters the most and, and, and think that that looked pretty good. No. Right? Nope. Just, nope. just a working brain, two eyes that can see, and you don't have to know anything about football. Was that good enough? Oh, gosh, how many times did Russ get hit? Oh, that's way too many. Bit whiffed again? Yeah. Holding? Like, yeah. Bolsey doesn't look great. I mean, like, so... I, that's not even something that, you know, I, I need to tell you or we need to tell you because we're there every single day. If you just turn on the TV, that guy beat that guy. Is that good or bad? Right. right, that, right that's awful. Right, no. Right, Russ right. getting hit again. Russ having – no, Russ not having time. That's not a good thing. So, no, it wasn't good enough. Um, that's I mean, that's just the fact. It, just it wasn't fact. good enough. It's just a fact. So, it's just a fact. I don't know what he was trying to accomplish by saying that. I don't know, Zach. Maybe speaking into existence or something. Not sure. Yeah. Um, but 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 if and if you're just joining us, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out if Russell Wilson's the expectations that folks have, just the NFL world has for Russ, if they're fair, um, or if he is indirectly being set up to fail. The offensive line um, is such a huge component to a quarterback's success, and we haven't loved what we've seen. Now that we have established that. Do the Broncos have a slot receiver, a reliable slot receiver? Nope. Okay, nope. How, how important is that in t- today's uh, NFL? Yeah, pretty important. Uh, I'd like to have one of those guys. Those those guys um, can make or break a quarterback. Just ask Peyton. Mm. <sighs> Do the Broncos have a... I was trying to shoehorn that somehow. Someone. No, like, the shoehorn can't that. be bigger than the shoe. Yeah, yes, it can. Yes, <laughs> it's it like, can. Yeah, this yes, like it can. Sesame Street style <laughs> shoehorn that you walk around with and I'm just try to just insert yourself wedge into myself in there somehow, some way. No, like, obviously, it's really important. You know, these third and shorts, and it's a, it's like you have third and three nowadays, and you're going three wide. Yeah, you know, you're, yeah. you're not, you know, you don't see these teams going, you know, two tight, two back, one wide receiver anymore. So to be able to you know, get some easy throws, some easy completions, stay on the football field. I mean, that's that's why you see these guys all over the place now uh, because they're very valuable. Yeah. So from where we stand right now, we're not in love what we've seen from the offensive line. The Broncos do not have a, a bona fide slot receiver, and I'm saying bona fide because maybe one emerges right. that, that yeah. we don't see right now. Maybe it's Judy. Maybe it's freaking Taylor Grimes by midseason. Who knows? But right now, from where we sit, I think they week- brought Bandy back to the practice squad. They, yes, yes, right. yes. Michael, uh, I think it is. I think yeah. it is. Right. Um, so, so for right now, this, but it's a week before the game, so it's kind of fair to start really talking about this stuff. I think it's n- fair. Not in love with the offensive line. Don't have a bona fide slot receiver. Do they have a bona fide tight end for Russell Wilson? Uh, no, no. We're, we're hoping, you know, we're hoping that we see uh, Troutman take a big step forward that he just never could do there with the Saints. And then that Dolchitz, 
progresses and, and, and gets better in year two. So, but no, I mean, I can't say that we do right right, right. now. But I, I'm I'm optimi- like I'm more optimistic about the tight end position than I am the offensive line or the slot receiver right now. Agreed, agreed. Because there's some human beings you could point to that like you could see that job maybe being done. Like I'm I'm most optimistic about Greg Dulcich, but he's not even the starter. Right. And Adam Troutman, you know, has looked solid, but you're saying like a big step forward. That would be like. Like Neil Armstrong, like one small step for, like one giant leap for tight end Neil. mankind. Like that's what t- if if wow. he's going to reach the heights that First you know on the moon, talking like historic. So if, that's what type of leap Adam Trotman would need to take, considering what his career has been, yeah. to what it could be as the Broncos starter. What do you hope it to be? But but how about this group just being you know good group, and then some games being really good. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. together. Uh, sure. When you look at uh, Dolchitz and Troutman, like, okay, they're not Travis Kelsey and, you know, some of these upper echelon tight ends. Uh, not, you know, Dolchitz, we'll see. I, I'm not going to put a ceiling on his career right now. Uh, but that's not who they project to be uh, this year. But they could still be productive. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And be a, a huge asset for Russ. Absolutely. I think they can, I think they can do that. Yes, they, they, they could. They, they absolutely could. We're expecting them to. They, they need to. Yeah. But in Philly, they don't say, hey, you know, we, we need the group to step up and be one. Or 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 in, you know, Kansas City, or like if you have a bona fide guy, you got a bona fide guy. If you don't, you don't. We'll see if one of these guys can emerge. But I agree with you. I'm more optimistic about the tight ends than a slot receiver or the offensive line as it currently stands. And then you add in the fact that Jerry Judy uh, may not be healthy to start the season, who most folks agreed was going to be wide receiver number one. He's been inconsistent in camp. Now he's hurt, probably not going to start the season. And, and, and I'm just like, I, I'm looking at the weapons around Russ, and I'm trying to figure out, is this fair to Russ that his career's on the line? He's got Sean Payton calling the plays, and it's like if this guy isn't up to snuff, the Broncos are moving on, yet he doesn't have a great offensive line, doesn't have a slot receiver, doesn't have a bona fide tight end. His wide receiver number one isn't healthy to start the year. Is this, is this fair to, to Russell Wilson? Life's not fair, right? I mean, it's not. Um, you're not going to always be in the most perfect situation. You're not going to, you know, it's not. Uh, maybe you're not in, in as good a situation as Patrick Mahomes or, or whoever the case may be, uh, Justin Herbert. That, you know, hey, but you are making 50 a year, $50 million a year. So can you lift everyone up around you a little bit? Can you be a playmaker and um, – you know, help Greg Dolchitz be have have a, just a really really good year. Make Corlin Sutton look like that number one receiver that we saw three or four years ago. At some point, you gotta you know you gotta do some heavy lifting also. Um, but I mean, I, I think is he look, that guy? Huh? Is he I, that guy? I, I, I mean, I had my doubts after seeing what I saw last year. Um, but we've seen him be that guy before. We have. I mean, we've seen him play at a very high level before. So. Um, and now he's got a coach to kind of help him out, hopefully, uh, get the best out of him. But, you know, I mean, like, no no one's crying over Russell Wilson and him, you know, have, not having the perfect situation. Now, I, And I understand what you're saying here. Like, you would like it to be a little bit better when everything that we're talking about, I mean, like, everything is on the line for this guy. Yeah. Right? So you would like it to be a little bit better. Um, and I just think that the one thing, Zach, that could really, really just, you know, be one of those – Situations where you you give them a little bit of a pass is this offensive line. 
you know, um, uh, because these receivers are good enough, tight ends are good enough. Uh, we'll, we put Judy in the slot. That'd be, you know, like they should be good enough. Um, but if this offensive line can't function and play at a at a decent level, and that screws everything up. That is really the foundation of the offense, and that's why that's my biggest concern is the resources they put into this offensive line. You know, once again, we're kind of like, oh yeah, all right, it's Ben Powers guy. That they paid all this money to just because they paid him a lot of money doesn't mean all of a sudden he's going to be like a Pro Bowl uh, guard. But that's kind of what we expected. And then you go out and get the best right tackle in free agency. And then you think about it like, do you think offensive line is an important position? I think it's, uh, yes, of course. It's right. right at the top of the list. I agree with you, Zach. And so, how, like, usually you don't see top quality offensive linemen. And free agency, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, you're going to get free agents out there that you're like, why is this guy a free agent? Well, I just didn't, you know, the team couldn't pay him or whatever. But teams find ways to keep guys and to pay guys, especially high-quality offensive linemen. They just find ways. It's a priority, right? Because all the reasons we're talking. But yeah. those guys are free agents. Not saying they can't come in here and do a good job, but you just take a step back and say, huh. That's interesting. And then we watched them play, not McGlinchey, more Ben Powers. Um, and then I got concerns about Bolsey, you know, coming back after his injury. So it's it if, if the line doesn't perform at a decent level, it's, it's going to be hard for Russ to play well. Yeah, there's there's no question about it. You know, just like we – and it, I know you know this to be true, and I'm repeating myself from a week or two ago, but just as a wide receiver is dependent on the quarterback, so uh, is the – quarterback dependent on that offensive line and you know what can maybe you know mask some of the stuff is a great run game yeah and it, in addition to not having a bona fide slot in addition to not having a bona fide tight end in addition to not having an, uh, an offensive line that we're over the moon about um but also the one a back that you hope would be javante williams we have our own questions about him especially to start the season i guess samaje p ryan can be carrying you know 60 uh, percent of the load at the start of the season um you know p ryan is a good running back but he's not a great running back. He's not a foundational piece to a football team. Um, so it, it's it's not great. It's not it, it's it's just not great. Um, and we didn't see anything great in the preseason, despite what Twitter wants to tell me. Uh, when we watched the games, the the offense did not look great. It just didn't. But and, Zach, they had a, a touchdown against the Cardinals, <laughs> a passing touchdown on their fourth series on fourth down in a zero-zero game against the projected worst team in the entire sport. Oh yeah, I mean, like that's what was supposed to get me excited. Yet I'm grouchy when I talk about right. the Broncos. Yeah. I'm grouchy, dude. The Mike morning, Evans. the morning show, they don't want to see results. They they're just like, hey, as long as by week fourteen or fifteen this team's playing a little bit better, then you know everything is okay. So let's just be patient around here, Broncos country. Let's just be really patient, like the morning show, and we're just gonna pat it, pat them on the back, give them hugs, yeah. like Nathaniel Hackett style. They're the they're the Nathaniel Hackett show. They are. They're the Hackett show. They are. That's that's who the morning show is. They're the Hackett show. <laughs> like like okay, hey, we're sorry that we want to see results, that we want to see wins, that we want to see uh, a productive offense, and um, they have. Haven't earned the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, this is the worst stretch of NFL football in the Broncos' history, and we're coming off the heels of the most disappointing season of all of it. So, pardon us when we don't see any sort of production in camp. Us not getting over the moon and just ma- see. Here's what here's what we're unwilling to do: manufacture the excitement. At yeah. this point, we're going to react to it and get excited, but we're not going to manufacture it. 
um, and, and, and there wasn't enough substance to draw from that would lead me to believe that, like, you know, this is an offense that's going to average 26 points a game. I just I can't see it uh, right now. Right now, but we're still very much gathering information. They haven't yeah. started to play the games yet. We'll see what it looks like on game day. But and you don't have to average twenty six to be successful, right? Um, no, you, you don't. Like no. just as long as you play complimentary football, you you do the little things and you don't turn the football over. All the things that we haven't done around here. Plus, we've scored felt like you know sixteen, seventeen points a game. So uh, you you don't have to be a high flying um, offense to uh, you know. Be a better team and be and, and win football games. Every every game takes a life of its own, right? And and some day some games you might have to score thirty five, but other games seventeen might do, right? And so I want to see that type of football team. And and I mentioned Brian Dayball, um, you know, those the, going into his second year now with the Giants, but a team that made the playoffs. I don't think anybody projected them to go to the playoffs no, last year. They were a three-win team the year before. Looked much better, um, but they they just seemed like they were that type of team last year. Right, you, you, going back to the first game of the year. Remember what happened the first game of the year last year for the New York Giants? Oh my gosh! When, didn't like Saquon Barkley like asked to make a play at the goal line or something like that? It, it, yeah, sure. He you got had, in like a two point conversion yes, or something yes, like that. They went for two. Yeah, they went. They for went two. for two, yeah. but like you know, no no time on the clock. Yeah, you know, we're we're playing for the win. Well, what happened? It was Saquon. Yeah, right. He got it. So they're winning football games like that. Yeah, right. That's how they're winning football. I don't remember him asking you know for you. You're kind of pouting here. You wanted more credit. Yes. You said, do you remember the New York Giants' first game of the what? year last year? What? I come up with it on the spot. You get half credit. And you just kept it you moving. You get half credit. Are you for kidding that. me? You get half credit, bro. You get half credit. Do you, you remember the, the Jets' on? first game of the year last year? The Jets? No, I'll just tell you no. Okay. Right. I'll just tell you no. <laughs> I won't goodness. say yes and then give you half of an answer, right? I'll just say, say no, I don't. Who I'm remembers just, that? Uh, I you're like, just so, kept it moving. So, but, like, they won football yeah. games that way. Yeah, they did. Right? Close ones, um, you know, whether it be low scoring, high scoring, they just figured out ways to win. And so that's uh, hopefully that's the, the, the model for the Broncos this year. Uh, yep, we'll, 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 back. we'll see what it all looks like. I couldn't believe you remember that. Oh, my like, gosh. Yeah. can't believe like, it. Who does that? Was that? unbelievable, it's Zach. Like, hey, do you remember the Falcons' <sighs> first game of the year last year? It's like, <sighs> yeah, no, no one. But, but yeah, I do were. remember the Falcons' first game of the year last uh, uh Will Lutz kicked, kicked a field goal to beat him. Is that right? Yeah. Was it a 58-yarder? No, not that far, but it was low okay. 50s. Okay, okay. And, and Mariota, Mariota screwed it up, and um, Lutz I think it was Lutz. Um, yeah, drilled, drilled a field goal because I had I was I was on the unders for for Atlanta, and yes, that would have been a devastating loss. I mean, a devastating Didn't win to start. The yes. It was four and a half. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, so yes. There you go. All right, uh, good stuff. Take that. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Don't tell me I did hey. good enough. Hey, hey, hey. You didn't pat me on the back hey. enough. You weren't excited you enough. You did good. Thank you you did good. All right. Um, what what should we be expecting? In two days, two more sleeps, we're going to get up. And the big noon kickoff, it's Coach Prime's debut up in Boulder, and we'll tap into a guest who knows the buffs as good as anyone on this planet. That's coming up next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 fan. anticipation for the, for the start of a season that's on the heels of a one-win season, maybe in NCAA history, uh, because Coach Prime 
firmly in the fold. It becomes a totally in focus on Saturday morning on Fox. Big noon kickoff at TCU. And to discuss the Colorado Buffaloes further, we got Brian Howell of both the Daily Boulder Camera and BuffZone.com. Brian, what kind of let – me, let me just ask you this before we dive into the meat and potatoes. Covering this team the way that you have for years – Talk to me about the arc from the time that this was whispered to potentially be the case and scoffed at by people like me to where we're at right now heading into week one. Yeah, scoffed at by people like me as well. Uh, you know, when it was first mentioned last fall, I thought there's no way Deion Sanders is coming to Colorado to take over this football team. I mean, he's going to want something better than that. But then he got here, and I, I couldn't believe it. And, you know, I, I really can't believe – the impact he's made in nine months without even coaching a game. I mean, to me, this hire has already paid off for the University of Colorado just in the the ticket sales and the merchandise sales and the exposure they've gotten. Uh, to go from where this was a year ago or even nine months ago, ten months ago to now has been remarkable to watch. Brian, looking at, um, you know, moving forward, and we, we know last year that they were one of the worst programs in college football. What happens if we don't see – Huge improvements here. Does the momentum stop on Dion? Does the momentum? Does the money stop flowing in? All of those things. Does it come to a stop if that's if that's the case? And we see blowouts uh, like we saw last year. I think it could. If it looks like last year, then definitely it could. I think uh, if people have realistic expectations, though, I think that they'll still be excited. And, and realistic means, I, I mean, look, they got to win five more games than last year to make it to a bowl game. That's a huge jump. I mean, you don't see teams make a five-win jump very often in college football. And so if, if they're realistic and think they can get to a bowl game and they're, and they're okay with that, then, yeah, I think the momentum will keep going. But if it looks like last year, certainly I think it could slow down quite a bit. Brian Howell of the Daily Boulder Camera and BuffZone.com has been covering CU for years, and he joins us now live on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. Um, Brian, talk to me about the substance of the team. I have uh, real concerns. And then will they be able to stop the run, maybe even more importantly, uh, on that defensive line? Yeah, that's definitely the the biggest concerns I have. I mean, skill-wise, they're really talented. they got a ton of guys. Uh, the running back room is really good. The receivers are really good. Shadour is really good. They got good defensive backs. Uh, but, yeah, the trenches to me, that's the key. And I think uh, Coach Prime mentions it a lot. He says, hey, if we can keep Shadour upright and, and healthy, then we're going to be pretty good. And uh, he mentions it a lot, some of that even being asked about it. So it leads me to believe that even he's got a little concern there. But I will say that one good thing about Shadour is that I think he's got that football intelligence and the mobility that if a line is not great, he can still move around a little bit and make some things happen. I think they're going to score points. Uh, I still know Hoffman's going to get sacked. Uh, but defensively, that might be the bigger question mark is can they stop the run? Because I like their, their top three or four guys on, on the defensive line, but they've only got five. I mean, they've only got five interior defensive linemen and then it's a bunch of defensive ends. And so if they have injuries there, they're in a world of trouble. Brian, uh, first two weeks of the season, what are your expectations on the road versus TCU at home, Nebraska? I think they're going to lose this week, but I think they're going to put up a good battle. Um, I don't think TCU is going to come close to covering that spread. It's almost three touchdowns. Yep. Um, I think CU is going to put up a good battle uh, and look pretty solid in week one. 
And then I think they're going to come out and, and win next week and beat Nebraska. I, I think that this sets up for them. They could potentially have a one and five start, but they, they also could potentially come out of the gates really well. The opportunity is there for them to shock the world. You said potentially one and five, but you have them beating Nebraska. Does that mean Colorado State chan- stands a chance on September 16th? Well, I'm, what I mean, what I'm saying is their schedule could go either way because of how tough it is. And um, But I would say Colorado State stands a chance because that's a better football team, too. And um, with the CU team, we just don't know what to expect. And I think that's why uh, you have to say CSU stands a chance because we have no idea what Colorado is going to look like. And, you know, they haven't even allowed the media in for a second of practice. So um, all we've seen is all the YouTube videos that have been uh, posted throughout throughout camp. So um, I don't know what they're going to look like. And so that's why you have to give CSU a chance in that one. But I think the Bucs are going to be better than that. I I think they beat CSU. Brian, uh, Looking at this football team, obviously we, we know uh, Shador Sanders and we uh, is it Travis Hunter. Um, you know, we, we know some of those big-time uh, names. Do you have a name or two that maybe we haven't heard of that we could um, we could uh, see have a, a great year for the Buffs this year? Yeah, you know, one guy that you know, Buff fans have, have learned a lot about this month, but Dylan Edwards is a true freshman running back. That um, He looks small. He's 5'9", 170, and that does sound small, but – he was a four-star recruit coming out of uh, high school this year, was committed to Notre Dame, and then flipped over to CU in December. He makes big play after big play every single day. He might be the fastest guy on the team. He's going to be really electric and could also return kicks and punts, and they can split him out at receiver. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. and uh, He might be one of those X-factor type of guys on offense because he could – uh, he, if he gets a, a crease, he's gone. And he could do that uh, you know, once or twice a game. Brian Howell of the Daily Boulder Camera and BuffZone.com joins us live on Stokely and Zach. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier, uh, Stokely and I, who's got a, who is it more important to, to cover their win total? CU getting a four, to that fourth win or the Broncos getting uh, to that ninth win and have a winning record for the first time in many years? Um, and we both eventually agreed it's, it's CU because right now CU has a certain cool factor. They're sexy with Coach uh, uh, Coach Prime, but but if they lose and they lose, say and, and say they win three games this year and they get their head kicked in against all you know the teams that you would suspect that that they would, um, is there a fear that Coach Prime won't be able to recruit at the same rate? Given that there's not a ton of NIL money up in Boulder, and you are um, recruiting off Coach Prime's name, and if that shine comes off, how impactful do you think that could be? Yeah, I, I think it could be pretty impactful, um, especially if it's a three and nine and that doesn't look good in those other nine games, you know. Um, but if if it's three and nine, but they're competitive, like in Nebraska last year was four and eight, but they lost five games by a single score. You know, if, if Colorado does that type of thing, then I think that you know even Coach Prime and the staff can spin that to recruits and look, look how much better we were in one year. I mean, we were right there to flipping those games and being eight and four instead of four and eight. Or three and nine. So um, I think it depends on how a three and nine looks, but certainly if they're getting blown out by Oregon and USC and Utah and teams like that you know, most weeks, then it's going to be difficult to recruit. 
Hey, last one before we let you go, and this is for, for both me and our audience. We know about CU and some of, some of the dynamics, but what can you tell us uh, in a minute or so about TCU, the 17th-ranked team in the country? They were just in the college football playoff. We know Max Duggan is no longer there, but what, what should we be expecting from the Horn Frogs this weekend down in Texas? Yeah, not quite as good as they were last year, but still a pretty good football team, and uh, they've got a lot of new pieces on offense. Chandler Morris actually was the starting quarterback out of camp last year. He started the game in Boulder and then got hurt, which allowed Max Duggan to get in there, and then the rest was history with, with Duggan and TCU. But Morris is the starting quarterback again. Uh, but they've totally revamped. They, they lost all their skill guys on offense from last year, so they've retooled that. Uh, their defense was not very good last year, but they've got a lot of guys back and, and added some guys in the portal. So I think it's a pretty good football team. I think it's probably one of the top – three or four teams in the Big 12, and certainly a top 20 type of team. Brian, we cannot wait for 10 o'clock here Mountain Time on Saturday. I am on the edge of my seat for this thing. I think it's fascinating, uh, and I know that I'm not alone. So uh, have fun covering that team this year. Regardless of what happens, it should be uh, quite the time for you up in Boulder. I appreciate it, guys. Get the breakfast burritos ready. (laughs) <laughs> All Love right, it. there he goes, Brian Howell of BuffZone.com and the Boulder Daily Camera. Cannot wait to see it. So, like, the time for talk is over. You know, let's, let's, let's see what the football team looks like. Uh, and I am just freaking fascinated. Okay, uh, we are live at Slattery's Pub and Grill in the Denver Tech Center. They have a fantastic menu, great TV setup. They're going to be uh, your home if you're anywhere in the Tech Center for college football, pro football. They open at 1030 on Sundays. Their brunch goes until 2. Uh, they will take care of you here at Slattery's Pub and Grill. All right. Shifting gears here. Could a decision made by Sean Payton on the offensive side of the ball this week backfire during the season? We'll take a dive into it coming up next. It's Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. Could a decision... Made by Sean Payton on the offensive side of the ball this week. Backfire during the season. Did, huh. you, did you see the news where a couple uh, couple former Broncos receivers uh, ended up in the last 24 hours? Yeah, I, I saw where um, Callaway signed to someone's practice squad. The Raiders. And then uh, my guy, Montreal Washington. Um, signed to someone's practice squad. Another team in division. Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Yep. Um, That one kind of stopped me in my tracks because I'm like, are we going to be in the season? And it's like Montreal Washington is making plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Like if you you said, hey, you're you're putting 100 on it. You got to put 100 on it. Yes or no? I'm going to say yes. I'll say you'll see him score a touchdown this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if that's like a huge impact, low impact, but like to go from getting cut by the Broncos um, to scoring a touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs, I think is a, a pretty big step, right, for for um, for him. So uh, I think he will. He, he will have some type of impact. Uh, I don't know about Marquez Callaway. I'm less concerned about him, right? Um, I don't think he, you know, 
he was he wasn't a part of the plan. We heard Sean Payton talking about him. He was just a guy out there uh, during camp, and you could see that little Jordan Humphreys actually surpassed him in that last game. And I think he'll be back, right? It looks like he's is he on the Broncos practice squad? Uh, yes. Uh, okay. Yep. And I expect him to, them to call him up um, to be a part of the active roster here. Uh, so I'm not overly concerned uh, by. Uh, Marquez Callaway. I was disappointed. You know, I mean, I was disappointed in Montreal. You know he's going to be. You know, you know, you know he's going to be. Hold on. You know he's going to be. Hold on. Look at me in my eyes. Who's he going to be? Isaiah McKenzie. Look at you. I'm so proud of you. Gosh, dog, I'm so proud of you. Bam! Give me some. Yes, that's who he is going to be. Maybe my other guy. Khalif Raymond. Yes. Yes. My other guy that I told you was a player. I told you that guy was an NFL player. And um, and that's what he's turned out to be, right? So, Do you remember I mean, where he played in college? Khalif Raymond. Oh, man. Remember, uh, I, I called one of his games. He took a kick to the house. He called every single game of every single college program uh, in the history of college football so and, and basketball. So, no, I, I, I can't. Holy Cross. Okay, Holy Cross. Crusaders. Um, so, but you were on him. And now he's really he's really stuck in Detroit. Yeah, just a good football player uh, for the Lions. I just uh, I just I think Montreal Washington is going to be that type of player. Now we'll see obviously how it works out for him, but uh, I think there'll be some regret there with Isaiah McKenzie. There was really no regret. I think you, you had. Oh yeah, you had, I mean yeah. it was a complete disaster, right? Yep. But he got real opportunities. Montreal just never really got the real opportunities with the changing of the coaching staff from last year to this year. Um, so I, that one uh, hurts more than the Marquez Callaway, uh, but you know that's 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 the NFL. But I I I, I do expect to see um, you know a little Jordan um, elevated up and uh, up to the active roster here. You know as long as Judy is is out. Yeah, um, to the to the Montreal Washington point here. If you look at Kansas City's skill position players, and actually let's just keep it to the wide receivers. You look at their wide receivers. Stoke. Like, Pat Mahomes, you talk about being an elevator and lifting, being the tide that raises all the boats. Kadarius Tony, who's hurt. Not even sure if he's going to be ready to start the season, he's by the way. He's hurt a lot. Very talented, obviously, but hurt yep. a lot. Hurt a lot and hurt again. Yeah. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a solid player. Like, yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, Sky Moore. You know, their early pick last year. Um what school did he go to? Oh, my gosh. Um, I have a guess. You're covering up the screen because yeah. I just clicked on his name. Yeah. I'll go, um, oh, my God. Was it a, was it a smaller school? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it, it's, he got picked it, like it's the in end the MAC. The, I think it's in the MAC if I had to guess. The MAC. Because um, there's two MACs there. Um, what, do you, well, what's the, what do you mean? There's the Mid- Mid-Atlantic or the Metro-Atlantic? Just the real Mac. Conference. The real Mac. Oh, my. The Mac Action, right? The Wednesday night games or whatever. Yes, Maxon. Maxon. Yeah. Yes, those that those schools like uh, Eastern uh, Illinois, Buffalo, Ohio, those are Eastern all Maxon. Eastern Illinois is not a Mac. Or excuse me, uh, uh, a Toledo. Right, uh, Buffalo, o- uh, Ohio. Is Miami of Ohio in there too? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, yes. Anyway, yeah, I, I forget. I forget what school. I think it's a, a Michigan one. Um, I think it's either Central or Western. I'm going to go with Western. Survey says 
Western Michigan. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just going to take the rest of the day off. I'm just taking the rest of the day off. That was oh, good. my goodness. Uh, yeah, but he was uh, – and he didn't do much last year. He caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. They blew the coverage or whatever. Um, so, um, <laughs> what? Nothing. They did. It was that little same play that you could just uh, t- say that he caught a touchdown on the Super Bowl. They blew the coverage. He he didn't have an impressive rookie year. Going into his second year, we'll see. But it's it, there, there's, was it there's that there's play they ran the same play exactly. on that? It's like on the other yes. side, maybe. Yes. I, and, and I think Mahomes said he went to the wrong side too. Oh, gotcha. So he screwed it up, and still the the Eagles screwed it up worse. And gave him a freebie again. Same play. I mean, just remarkable how bad they're. I just realized was. something. Um, you are defensive of wide receivers catching touchdowns in the Super Bowl. It better be. It, it's it's got to be legit. Right. It can't be busted coverage. No. As someone who was there, right? It's like you don't just throw that title around. Right. It's right. busted coverage. Although <laughs> I was a beneficiary of a little help myself. Okay. So, okay. Um, but I actually had to beat one guy. And it wasn't like a two-yard touchdown. Okay, you follow me. And what what help did you get? Huh? Did the safety not like roll over? Yeah, we don't need to discuss it. Don't make me go back and look at it. (laughs) You never mentioned that. You You go try to figure it out. See if you can figure it out. All right, all right. 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 I'll come back to you. I like that. All right. Um, Yeah, I I could totally see Montrell Washington at some point in time out there, and Twitter's going to be going nuts because Montrell Washington, the Broncos cut him, and he just had three catches for 70 yards and a Chiefs victory. Like, could I see that? Yeah, uh, yeah, I could, absolutely. Uh, Marquez Calloway with the Raiders. George Payton walks by Sean Payton and punches him in the kidneys. Whack. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ross is going to be like, I told you he was the one. We had the one. Yeah, yep. Uh, all right. Screwed me. Oh, my gosh. All right. Good conversation. I mean, um, what do you make of the Callaway move? Are you kind of like me, like, whatever? That that's, has no impact. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's not a drafted player. He was he, here as a veteran, had all the opportunity in the world, didn't didn't make enough of it. Um, do you could, expect to see him making plays for the Raiders this year? I wouldn't be shocked if he was out there making a couple plays, um, okay. you know, because of health. Um, Got to love our producer, uh, Chicken Fingers, back in the studio. He, oh. he, he sends us a suggestion. He says, uh, could Montrell Washington be like Isaiah McKenzie? Uh, wow. Chicken Just fingers. when did he send that? Uh, one, one, no, in real time. Oh, my gosh. Like the minute hasn't what changed yet. What are you doing yet. back there? <laughs> well, we're here on location. back there? Right, I mean... I, I like we, we just got finished talking about that for five minutes. I mean, I must have missed Isaiah McKenzie's part. Yeah, you were, yeah, you were yeah, watching yeah. old McManus highlights. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out Stokely's Super Bowl catch here. <laughs> yeah, touche, good one. Dig into it. Dig I mean, into it. We didn't just like go and talk about it in passing. We literally talked about it for like two minutes. Yes, yes, all just good. Shows you the level of uh, commitment back there. Oh my Thanks, gosh! Fingers. Thanks. Classic. Well, hey, when we're out of the house, yes, the kids, yes. Just, like, yeah. Yes. They just run wild. They so. do. All right. All right. Um, we are live from Slattery's Pub and Grill in the Tech Center. Guys, Sundays during football season, they open at 1030. They serve brunch until 2 p.m. every weekend. All right. All the college games, all the pro games available. They uh, revamped their TV setup, made it even better here. 24 beers on tap. Slattery's Pub and Grill is the place to be. In the DTC. You can check them out, slatteriespubandgrill.com, for their specials, promotions, and group bookings. All right. Which member of the current Broncos practice squad has the best chance of contributing on the field in 2023? We'll bounce that question off our guy, Mike Kliss, coming up next.